Good morning, church. I'm so glad you've chosen to worship Christ with us this morning. Before we get started, I want to take a minute, and it is uh, Veterans Day tomorrow. So if if we have any veterans in our congregation, I want to just take it, if you would stand so we can recognize you, um, and so we can pray over you. So any veterans? I know we've got a few. I don't know where they are. So, all right. Uh, Well, I I just ask that you continue to think about and pray for your veterans. You know, it's still a very serious issue that we have, um, for example, suicide among veterans. So we need to pray for our veterans. We need to uh, reach out to them. We need to take care of them in our communities. So today we start a brand new sermon series on why. It's based on this little book by Adam Hamilton, which I highly recommend. I think everybody should read this book. Uh, it's, It's short which is nice, right? Because I know we all think we don't have much time, and, uh, so it's, but it's fantastic. And it, it looks at three questions that we have. Why does God allow the innocent to suffer? Why doesn't God answer my prayers? And why can't I understand God's will for my life? And these are three things that many of us probably have struggled with, questions of doubt. And, and it's caused us to wonder about our faith. So uh, we've already talked about suffering. Phil Gore, uh, Dr. Phil Gore came up a few months ago, and he and I shared a little bit about suffering. So we're going to skip past that one and go straight to why do my prayers go unanswered? Now, when I was a kid, I had a very specific prayer for how tall I wanted to be. I wanted, and this is, you know, you'd think I'd want to be six foot five, you know, something like that, but I wanted to be five foot nine. I, I, I kid you not, I would pray to God, I was like, God, I just want to be five foot nine. I wanted to be a pilot, and so it would be nice not to be too tall, but, you know, five foot nine is about average, and I just, I just wanted to be average height. Obviously, God did not see fit to make me five foot nine. And we have prayers like that, right? Some of our prayers are silly, like, God, I'm in a hurry. Get me that cool parking spot right before the, the store. And, and then it happens, like, yay, God. And then we have serious situations where we have loved ones who are sick, or we have family members that are sick, or we have something in our own life. And we just beg God, please take this away from me. Please help my loved one make better choices. Please heal me. And it doesn't happen. And like, but that person got a parking spot. Why? I have a real need. Where are you, God? In the book, Adam Hamilton shares about a situation of a woman who at five months pregnant found out that she was not going to be able to carry her baby to term. And she prayed on her knees and she begged God and said, Heal me. Make it whatever we have to do that we have to, so we can keep this baby. And she didn't. She lost the baby. And it really rocked her faith. Because she prayed earnestly and honestly to God. And she had said she had never shown with her faith before this or, or God's will. But after this moment, she almost walked away from God. And this woman was a pastor. So if it can rock those of us who are in the ministry, when we think about these really hard conversations that we have with God, when we have prayers that go unanswered or seemingly go unanswered, how much more can it affect the rest of us as well? This is a difficult question. And we're going to look at some of the things. Why? When Jesus here in a moment seems to promise that if we ask for things in Jesus' name, why does sometimes we not get what we're asking for? And we're going to talk about that. But one of the things before we get going on that, I want to tell you what prayer is about. And prayer is about your deep relationship with God. That our Father in heaven wants to have a close and abiding relationship with you. Yes, it's about praying for intercessions. But it's also about relationship. 
And even in these difficult times when we pray out to God in our pain and our suffering and asking God to take things, these burdens away from us, and when we may or may not experience that relief, we know that God is with us, that God is guiding us, that God is strengthening us, and God is for us. Our scripture this morning comes from Matthew chapter 21, and it's kind of a funny story. Jesus is walking along the the road, and he's hungry, and he sees a fig tree, but the fig tree doesn't have any figs in it, and so he says, you'll never bear fruit again, and the fig tree dried up at once. I don't know about you, but I find that incredibly amusing. Like, Jesus was very hangry, and this tree didn't have figs, and all of a sudden, he's like, oh, this tree will never bear figs again. And then when the disciples saw this, they were amazed and said, how did the fig tree dry up so fast? And, and of course, Jesus would, would take a moment when he was feeling hungry as an object lesson, right? He responded, Jesus responded, I assure that if you have faith and don't doubt, you will not only do what is done to the fig tree, you will even say to the mountain, be lifted up and thrown into the lake, and it will happen. If you have faith, you will receive whatever you pray for. If you have faith, you will receive whatever you pray for. And now, we've all talked about those times that we have prayed and we've had faith and we've begged God and we didn't receive it. So what was going on in the situation? What was going on with the passage? Some people would tell us that you're not getting your prayer because you don't have enough faith, that you have sin that you're unrepentant of, or because you're doing something wrong in your life. But I think if we look at that for a second, we can see how cruel and awful that is to say someone. That for some reason, this person that you're praying for, this person who is sick, this person in your family, this child maybe who, who's struggling with life, that's making poor decisions, that they are not going to get what they need because of your lack of faith. That's just an obscene thing to sell someone. That God is going to take about your prayer and, and judge someone else based on your faith. So we, I don't think that that's the case. And there's cases in, in Scripture where Jesus heals people whether or not they have faith. There's blind Bartimaeus where Jesus heals him. There's another one, and this is one of my favorite uh, moments, because this man comes up to Jesus, and he, he asks Jesus to heal his son, and Jesus says, if you believe and you have faith, then it will happen. And the man remarks, I believe, help my unbelief. That's honest, right? <laughs> Whatever you need to hear, Jesus, I believe, but help my unbelief. I think that's where we are in a lot of these situations is that we believe, we want to believe that Jesus will interact miraculously in our life. We want to believe, we want to see those miracles. We want to say, I believe, and yet we do have unbelief. And so will Jesus, will God prevent doing that good in someone else's life just because of our own lack of faith or lack of belief? The truth is that God hears our cry. God hears our pain, God hears our suffering, and God is with us, but for whatever reason, sometimes God says no. I actually don't think God doesn't answer prayers. I think God does answer them in God's own way, but for whatever reason, sometimes it's no. Sometimes it happens that we're praying for something, and God has sent someone else to answer your prayer, and that person says no, because God doesn't impinge on free will. And sometimes we pray for other people's hearts to change, but God allows them free choice in the same way that God allows you and I free choice. But the point of prayer is to dig deep with God, 
Now, what Jesus is doing is a little bit of hyperbole, and Jesus uses this, this technique a lot. At one point, he says, you know, if your hand causes you to sin, hack it off. If your eye causes you to sin, poke it out. And, and Jesus doesn't want the whole world to be handless and blind, right? He's, he's kind of over-exaggerating to make a point. The same way when we say, I am so hungry, I could eat a horse. Anybody ever said that? Who in here has eaten a horse before? Okay, so we, we understand what Jesus is doing here, right? He's making a point. He's trying to say that if you have faith, and, and sometimes he's saying if you have the faith of a mustard seed, if you have such small faith of a mustard seed, then you can throw a mountain into that sea or whatever. Again, he's trying to make a point. If you have small faith, God can do these amazing things. And God will give you what you ask. But sometimes what we ask for isn't really what we need. Sometimes we're asking for God to do things and change things in another person's life, and the person doesn't want to change. And sometimes God just does not give us what we ask for, even though we desperately think we need it and desperately think that we want it. I'm going to show a video here from Bruce Almighty, and this is one reason I think that God does not give us everything that we ask for. Go ahead. You've got prayers. Welcome to the Revelation Superhighway. We bless, no mess. Downloading now. <laughs> it's good. It's good. This is going to take a while. One million five hundred twenty-seven thousand five hundred and three prayer requests. I better manifest some coffee. Hola, Juan Valdez. Buenos días. Buenos días. Disfruto un buen café. Gracias, señor. Adiós. Adiós. Now that's fresh mountain-grown coffee from the hills of Colombia. Stocks tripled in five days. You know something, Jill? You seem taller. I am. <laughs> My daughter pitched a no-hitter. I lost 47 pounds on the Krispy Kreme diet. Hey, there he is. The man of the hour. An unusually high number of lottery winners has New York officials concerned. So far, 1,100 winning tickets have been turned in all strangely from the Buffalo area. 
More on this story as it develops. They're rioting right outside the station. You're kidding. The whole town is going crazy. So that's kind of a funny example. In the, in the movie, Bruce is given the powers of God, and uh, he has to answer prayers because they're like in his head, and he just tells everybody yes. And everybody gets what they want, and it causes more trouble than, than even before. Sometimes we think that what we're asking for is something good, right? We think that we need it. If, if anybody was watching the LSU-Alabama game last night, right, you know? So I bet there are a lot of people praying on Alabama's side, begging God for their team to win, and there were probably a bunch of people begging God on the LSU side, you know, let, let my team win. So what happens if, if God were just to give us everything that we ask for if two people have competing prayers? What if we pray things that are opposite of each other? Who's God going to answer? So the situation is a lot more complex than we might think. Now you might be thinking, okay, David, but what about those things? What about when we ask for healing? What if we ask for something good? What if we ask for a friend of ours who's, who's really struggling and making poor decisions? What if we ask for our children to make good grades? You know, what, what happens then? Why can't God give us those things? Those are good things, right? I think everybody can agree. And there's a, there's a few things to look at with that. First of all, even people of faith, powerful followers of Jesus, don't always get their prayers answered with a yes. We have that right in Scripture. Our first example is from 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7 through 10. This is what it says. I, this is Paul speaking. I was given a thorn in my body because of the outstanding revelations I've received so that I would not be conceited. It's a messenger from Satan sent to torment me so I would not be conceited. I pleaded with the Lord three times for it to leave me alone. And he said to me, my grace is enough for you because my power is made perfect in your weakness. So I'll gladly spend my time bragging about my weakness so that power, God's power can rest on me. Therefore, I'm all right with my weakness, insults, disasters, harassment, stressful situations for the sake of Christ, because when I'm weak, then I am strong. Here is Paul, you know, the guy who wrote most of this New Testament that we read all the time, begging God. Three times he goes to God. Three times he says, take this thorn away from me. And God tells him, no. He says, my grace is enough for you because my power is made perfect in your weakness. Sometimes God needs us to experience difficulty, suffering, darkness, tough times in our life so that we know that we need God. That doesn't mean what we're experiencing is from God. Don't hear me when I'm saying that. But God will allow us to experience pain, difficulty, and suffering. And we can't see the big picture. You know, we look very closely, and we can only see what is in front of us and around us, but God sees the whole picture. So sometimes God allows us to deal with suffering. The second example is Jesus himself. Right before he go to the cross, he said, God, if it is your will, take this cup from me. And God tells him no. No, I'm not going to take this cup from you. And then Jesus goes and he dies on the cross. And Jesus' death was redemptive for all humanity. All of our sins are possible because Jesus did not have his prayer answered in the way that he wanted. Think about that. If God had said yes, what would have happened to the rest of us? And so sometimes God tells us no 
and lets us deal with the suffering, the pain of the moment that we're in because maybe there's a redemptive opportunity in that suffering. There's a story from apartheid. A young man named Hector Peterson, I believe, went to a protest in 1976. And he shows up to the protest and the police fire on this crowd. If you don't know, South Africa, much like America, had huge racial issues where the the black people who were originally from South Africa were not given the same rights as the white people, right? And so in apartheid Africa, people started to stand up and say, this is not right. And this young man went to a protest and the police fired on the crowd, killing Hector. I think it's safe to assume that Hector's mom, when Hector went out that day, prayed fervently for his own safety, and her prayer went unanswered. But someone took a photo of Hector being carried away, of seeing his sister, emotional, walking next to him, and that photo became an iconic symbol of the anti-apartheid movement. God used this awful situation. God didn't answer that prayer of safety because God used that moment to change a country. And the same thing can be true in our life. I'm not telling you, I don't really know why God is not answering the prayer that you're asking for. I'm sure it's a good and a holy and wonderful prayer. But sometimes God's ways are not our ways. And it's difficult for us to understand. I wanna go back and talk a little bit about prayer. Prayer is about so much more than asking God for things. Intercession is part of it. It's needed. It's necessary. It's important, especially when we pray for other people. But prayer is about so much more. It's about our relationship with God and the relationship with the Father. We sing that song about how deep God's love for us, how reckless his love is for us. And God wants a relationship with you. And that's the number one purpose for prayer. And that relationship empowers us, it engages us, it sends us in the world to be inspired by God, to love other people as God loves us. And then it's important to ask God for what you need. But you have to realize that God isn't gonna give it to you. God isn't some sort of Santa Claus giving you everything that you could possibly wish because you probably couldn't handle it anyways. And at least I know I could, could not. But God wants a relationship with you and that is the point of prayer. So how does God answer prayers? Well, one way that God does it is through people. God has given humans dominion on this planet. He, he said, you guys go and rule it. And a lot of times, God answers prayers through you and through me. There may be someone right now who is praying fervently, and God has decided you're the answer to their prayer. I don't know who that is. I don't know what the situation is. But we have to respond and say yes. Because God does not change the free will of another person. I guess there are some times when it's happened, but generally God does not change other people's hearts. God does not change other people's minds. God offers it. God will send people in. God will put the Holy Spirit in their life. God will draw them, do everything they possibly can. But it is up to the person to say yes to God. And then God will do the rest. We only have to move this much but it still requires each and every one of us to make a decision. So sometimes God is calling us to answer prayers for other people. Sometimes God is calling you to go into that person's life that you're praying for and show them what a loving Christian life is all about. Maybe that's all they need. They just need a helping hand. Maybe they need someone to come alongside them and love them and guide them and teach them about the love of Jesus. 
God does not always deliver us when we ask, but God always walks with us. I told you a story at the beginning about a woman who lost her baby at five months and how angry she was and how much she struggled despite praying passionately for God. Well, much later, that woman was called to be an answered prayer when she adopted three little Russian girls who needed a mom, and that was her calling in life, was to be a mom to those three precious little girls. So God is not always going to give us what we want. God is not always going to give us what we ask, but God will be with us. God will guide us. God will love us, and God never makes us walk alone. I want to leave you with a prayer. It's Like I said, it's Veterans Day, and I want to leave you with a prayer from Admiral Nimitz because I think it summons up, sums up so much of what we've been talking about. If you don't know, Admiral Nimitz, was, uh, he's from Texas, actually from Fredericksburg, and he's one of the great heroes of World War II, and this is what he wrote about prayer. He said, I asked God for strength that I might achieve. I was made weak that I might learn humbly to obey. I asked for health that I might do greater things. I was given infirmity that I might do better things. I asked for riches that I might be happy, and I was given poverty that I might be wise. I asked for power that I might have the praise of men. I was given weakness that I might feel the need of God. I asked for all the things that I might enjoy life. I was given life that I might enjoy all things. I got nothing that I asked for, but everything I hoped for. Almost despite myself, my unspoken prayers were answered. I, among all men, am most richly blessed. So whatever it is that you're struggling with, whatever prayer you have in your heart, whatever you're begging God for, know that God is listening and God is answering. God may not give it for you, give it to you, but God is there. And maybe, just maybe, that each of us, that there's someone else out there who's begging God to show up. And each of us are that person. We just have to say yes to God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now we come to the point in our service where we gather at God's table. And God's table is all open to